boogity, 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 Tim, let's go racing. What do you think? That sounds like something I've heard a few times in my life. A little, little DW there. Yeah, whatever happened to Daryl Waltrip? Did he retire? Or? He did retire from the Fox broadcast booth, and I believe okay. he's doing some stuff with SRX, I believe. Um, they brought him back for a Fox race one at one point earlier this year, but yeah, uh, old DW uh, went out to pasture. <laughs> that reminds me of when uh, you and I shared a hotel room in Vegas. We went to the Vegas race, Tim. Remember that? That was like a month before COVID. Happened. It was. It, there were. It was the. I want to say there was the Vegas race. There was one more race, and then COVID hit, and all shit hit the fan. We got a good guest. Uh, we should just bring him in right now. What do you think, Tim? Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, uh, we got uh, Josh Lepowski. Josh, how you doing, buddy? Ah, oh, doing great. How are you doing today? <laughs> We're good. So we we brought up racing. So you uh, recently started. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Writing for NASCAR.com is that right? Not for NASCAR.com. No, uh, it is not NASCAR.com. I got some bad information from someone you might know. So okay, <laughs> okay. It's it. Trust me. Like a lot of people I know make that mistake. But uh, no, I write for uh, the Daily Downforce, which is uh, a relatively okay. new uh, a NASCAR website that writes NASCAR content. Um, I don't know exactly how old the website is in and of itself, but I began writing there at the very beginning of May. So I've been there for two and a half, going on three months now at this point. And uh, it's been great. It's been really awesome. And uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's what I do now as far as a NASCAR related. I, I write NASCAR related content, not for NASCAR.com specifically, but I do write NASCAR content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, at night, you're a broadcaster for a uh, minor league team. Uh, collegiate summer ball. So, uh, yes, I do do that at night. <laughs> so. Way off on this. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I, I guess it's way best way to describe it is it's, uh, you know, it's, I guess, semi-pro best way to describe it. Team called the Lake County Corn Dogs out here in Northwest Indiana. They play in the Northern League and, uh, you know, it's, it's primarily, uh, primarily college kids. Um, you know, like it's just basically like, so it's extra baseball they can play you know yeah. to be able to work on some stuff things like that but uh, also sometimes we've had some guys that that come that have played uh that have played baseball at higher levels we have one guy that actually played at nat for the national team i believe it was in i believe it was serbia if i remember right and we actually did okay. have one guy that had recently graduated that actually went on to play some pro ball later on in the summer so are you uh pa announcer are you doing like a radio broadcast what are you doing there? uh Play by play in color. Uh, so I'm I'm the number two broadcaster. So the guy that broadcasts he gets innings one through three and uh, seven through nine on play by play. I'm color for those ones, and then I get usually innings four, five, and six. I'm play by play on during the, cool. uh, during the game. So do you have a, a you have a home run call? Can I hear it? Uh, I I don't have like a signature. <laughs> no, I honestly like as a broadcaster, I'm not really like a big big into like may, maybe I will develop it, but like I'm not really big into like signature calls at least yet. I just yeah. kind of like to be, I, I like my reactions to be natural, like in the moment. So uh, it just kind of, you know, kind of depends. There's an old saying in broadcasting that all the good home run calls have been taken. So, you know, yeah. it's really hard to like be super original. Some guys are able to do it, but uh, you know, um, you know, I don't have like a super signature one. Now, at least not yet. That could change, but JP, crack of the bat, crack, there it goes. <laughs> Well, <laughs> we yeah. had two of the two of the best here in Chicago. Hey, hey, yeah. it was Jack oh, Brickhouse. Yeah, heck yeah. And then holy cow! Tim. <laughs> he, was oh, with Car- he, was with the, he was with the Cardinals first. 
It was Harry Carey. Harry Carey. So anyway. Before we get too far into this conversation, though, John, the entire time we've been talking, you've buried the lead here. You've been bearing the lead. Oh, I know. We we uh, got hooked up with you by uh, Danny G. Danny <laughs> yes. G, right? Gee. Danny G, so, yes. Tell, tell me what you think of this guy, Danny G. Yeah. <laughs> do you like him? I mean, do you like his rap? I mean, come on. I love the guy. I absolutely do. And I'm not just saying that because I'm marrying his daughter. Oh my yeah. goodness. Future future son-in-law for Danny yes. G. Yeah, I've known Danny for a while now. Um, you know, his uh, his daughter started going to school with me right around sixth grade, and I met him a couple times before that, and he is just uh I mean, I remember hearing about how this guy rapped, and then I saw this guy on Instagram, all the stuff that he does with plumbing, and uh, yeah. I don't know if this is appropriate, but the way that I, I, I describe him to people as a plumbing influencer, that's the way I describe him. Well, he is, yeah, that's right. And that's what he is, he is. and it's he great, is. it's really cool. I mean, it's 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 honestly like, I, mean, I, I feel every industry needs that sort of presence on social media, and he, he does a really great job with it, and I love it, and he just has so much passion for it, and it's just it's really cool to see. So, man, I love it, and it, he, he really is a character. He really is a character. So he's never he's never asked you to come up in the booth and, and do, a, like, a quick rap or something? No, you don't. What would you say it was the – what was the name of the team? The Chesterton Walnuts? Uh, Lake it? County Corn Dogs is the team I broadcast for now. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he hasn't he uh he, he hasn't asked me to record a rap yet. No, you don't you don't you don't want me to sing, trust me. You don't. You don't even wanna don't yeah. even wanna go there. Trust me, don't. So what do you enjoy the most? The baseball or the NASCAR? Ooh, he's gonna get in trouble. Do you have, Man, do I love you have both. a preference? <laughs> I'll be totally honest, I love both. I mean I grew I mean I was a huge NASCAR fan from when I was a kid, so like I love it. You know, it's it's kind of a you know, it's just um it's awesome. You know, I love both. I really do because those were probably like the two sports I had probably the most uh I guess attachment to when I was growing up. So to be able to do both of those is really fun. You know, baseball is kind of a little bit of a different medium because you know it's a lot more, you know, I feel like it's a little bit more um Man, I'm trying to figure out how to describe it, but it's like it's a little bit more laid back, I guess, because baseball is a more, you know, laid back storytelling type stuff, whereas NASCAR, you know, it's it's a lot more like, I mean, we write, I mean, I usually write around eight articles a day. So it's go, 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 go on a daily basis. And I'm constantly just putting mm. stuff out there, which is really a ton of fun. Oh, man, I, I really genuinely, honestly love love both. And I love the fact that, you know, with Daily Downforce, it's something that's new and it's a, it's a new idea. It's fresh. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's partnerships with a lot of people that are like content creators in NASCAR, too, which is great because uh, I love being kind of on that cutting edge as, as media is, is, is changing as an industry. I kind of love being mm-hmm. on that cutting mm-hmm. edge. And that's what I love about that. And, of course, baseball is just a cool, cool. Baseball is just a really cool outlet for me just because I love broadcasting baseball and I love baseball in general. And, uh, you know, that's um, that's really what I went to school for and what I really kind of you know have the desire to do. Yeah. Um, you know, still want to keep doing that, obviously. But, you know, um, that was uh, it's just that's a cool outlet for me. So speaking of school, you graduate from Liberty University. That's correct. So I will assume you're a William Byron fan because of that. <laughs> you know what? Uh, yeah, that is. Um, I I am. I, I try to remain a little bit more neutral now that I write for Daily Downforce. I try to remain a little more neutral, but I, I'd be lying to say that I don't have a little bit of an affinity for William Byron, just because obviously you know he went to Liberty, and um, you know I used to write about him for the school newspaper and stuff like that. So uh, that was always. A, I do have. I do have that affinity for him. I'm not going to lie, but um, you know, yeah, obviously it was a. 
uh, it was He's had a good year. He has had a good year. This is this truly has been. I'd, I'd argue it's the breakout year that I. That, it is. That it is. I've been waiting for. A lot of people have been waiting for from him that he. I would say really, I, I thought last year might be it, but this year has been that breakout year for him. So yes, I do. I do have that affinity for him. I won't lie. So let me ask you this. Uh, before we jumped on, we had talked about our our love of NASCAR and Tim's followed it uh, long before I did, but I started watching it around 2000 and I, I think it was a couple of years before or maybe a year before Dale Earnhardt Sr. died in that crash. But after that, there was a surge in, in NASCAR fandom, and it was very, very popular. Jeremy Mayfield doing lines of coke off the hoods of the car and stuff like that. Wow. Oh, oh, wait, should I not say that? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, but, you know, then the mid-2000, mid well, I don't even know how to say it, like 2015, you know, you could see there was a little bit of a dip in NASCAR following. Would you agree? Tim, would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, COVID came and then there was kind of just racing in empty stands. But I feel like there's kind of a resurgence back in, in NASCAR or resurgence. And uh, one of the things, they're, they're always creative with doing the, you know, the the race format and the, the championship. And then this year they did the uh, Chicago race, which was very cool. You were there. I saw pictures mm-hmm. of it. So tell me about this kind of this resurgence of uh, NASCAR. Yeah, I will say over the last few years, NASCAR really has shown more of a tendency to want to break the mold more so than in past years, because, you know, kind of for a long time, you know, things like the schedule was very stagnant. You know, the schedule was the same every single year. There wasn't a whole lot of variety in racetracks and things like that. You know, they would get creative with things like the race format and the championship format and stuff like that. But that sort of stuff. And also, you know, they were they were having issues with with the race cars and the quality of racing and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, in recent years, you know, we've seen that, you know, the racing, particularly on uh, intermediate racetracks that people used to hate, um, has gotten a lot better in recent years. Um, we're seeing NASCAR being more willing to go to new venues. Like they opened or they, they've gone to tracks in St. Louis. They've gone to Nashville. They've gone to Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas. They opened a street track in Chicago. They, they put a, racetrack on the football field at the LA Coliseum. And, and it's been really great to see, I think, just the uh, the desire to do that stuff, because that's stuff that people in NASCAR and NASCAR fans have been asking for for a long time. And, and now the conversation is shifting to where can NASCAR go internationally? You know, we're seeing all these international racing stars. You know, there's a race coming up in Indianapolis in a couple of weeks, and there are a ton of just world-class drivers that are going to be racing in that race against these NASCAR stars. And you have that. And also there's the anticipation of could NASCAR go international with the recent um, success of something like garage 56. And, and that's really cool to see. I, I, I love seeing the fact that NASCAR is showing that willingness to break the mold a little bit and kind of change some things a little bit and reach a new audience, you know, because you know, the world's different now than it was 20 years ago when NASCAR was, was at its peak. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, I, I don't think NASCAR is ever going to quite get back to what it was back in the 2000s. Um, you know, I think that's that's very unrealistic. Um, but yeah, the, the years of Tony and or Smoke mm-hmm. and Jeff Gordon and those guys long past us. Yes. Long past us. Long in past. fact, I would argue that we're there's not a for bigger. There's not a star in today's NASCAR, I don't think. No, like there's not really like a like there's not a there's not a recognizable name that would like 
resonate with every single NASCAR fan. But Jimmy what, Johnson, Dale Earnhardt, yeah. and those names are not around. No, it's not. But what NASCAR does have is it has a diehard fan base, and it's and it's yes. and if yes. it and if it's a niche following, then that's okay, you know. But at the same time, you know, if you can find more of those people that love the sport in different areas, which I think NASCAR is trying to do, um, I think that's really great to see. And that's really great to, to hear. And, and I think, you know, I'm excited to see. I mean, I, I when, when you say resurgence, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know so much as much as a resurgence in terms of having more fans per se. But I think just a resurgence in, in, in terms of just uh, reinvigorating the product a little bit. It's it's a totally different product now than it was even four or five years ago, which is, which is really great to see. Well, I think NASCAR has done a good job of really also going back to the home, home roots of NAS of, of motor racing at the local tracks. NASCAR has put a lot of money into uh, giving local tracks, the resources to improve their tracks, to improve purses, to get more people involved, because you've got to have that bloodline down at the local level to get up to the NASCAR ranks at some point. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's great to see that sort of stuff. I mean, there's the, there's the recent, you know, this is not a NASCAR thing, but there's the release and development of the superstar racing experience, which races at local short tracks. And, you know, you talk about NASCAR going back to their roots, you know, NASCAR of course went to North Wilkesboro speedway for the Mm -hmm. race this year, which was so cool to see a racetrack that seemed like it was left for dead. And also, you know, they added a second race, one of their most historic tracks in Darlington Raceway. They're going there twice yeah. a year now. So it's it's just need to go back to Rockingham. Going back to Rockingham. That'd be cool. Um, how realistic don't is that? I don't know anytime soon, but I'd love to see them go back to Rockingham. Yeah. I really would. I mean, it's I think it would I personally think it would fit the current racing product yes. really well. I think to me, I think it would fit it even better than North Wilkesboro, personally. Um, yes. but regardless of that fact, I, I, I think that that's great to see the fact that NASCAR is, you know, there are still some things to clean up. I think particularly when it comes to, you know, probably I'd say the economic model of the sport, just because of the fact that there's such a big M and this is a racing problem in general, but just, yeah. you know, how much money is needed to compete in the sport. You know, it, it sometimes kind of closes off towards some people that may want to compete in it. But, um, you know, I, I would agree. I think that NASCAR is doing a good job, I think, of, of, of starting to reach or starting to kind of get back to some of that old fan base that maybe they uh, they probably kind of left in the dust, for lack of a better term, you know, when it, the sport was booming in the 90s and 2000s. Yeah, if, if you're a big fan of motorsports and, like me, you also follow F1, try getting a ticket to Vegas later this year. You want to know what it's the cost to get a ticket in a hotel room in Vegas? Is. I think I looked it up. It's like a thousand dollars just to get in, like just to get into the venue, isn't it? You're lucky if you can find something that inexpensive. I was looking at some tickets, and it was going to be upwards ten, twelve thousand dollars for two days. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. No, it is yeah. ridiculous. I have to make a an apology to Jeremy Mayfield on my my comment. <laughs> I'm reading here that uh, they only found meth in a gun safe at his house. So I had the wrong drug. Yes. Sorry about that, Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Oh, so, man, that was a story when yeah, that came out. I remember that. Yeah, that was. And you kind of believed his story at first, right? Like it kind of felt bad. And then it just kind of unraveled. Anyway, I don't want to get into that stuff. But um, here's what I do want to ask is, um, you know, when we were kids, I, you know, I remember doing this is calling games, watching your favorite baseball game and calling games as a kid and how you would project on the radio or whatever. Did you ever do that? Like, you know, when you were a kid, like, Hey man, this is what I want. I've told Tim, I want to be the color guy at Wrigley field. That's my dream job. 
and you actually have a path to do something, you know, like that. So did you ever dream about that? Yeah, I did. I, I used to broadcast stuff to myself all the time. When I would play video games as a kid, I used to broadcast those video games to myself all the time. That's oh, what I would do. I used to think I was the only guy that did that. And then I got into school for this. And then I would talk to people and I'd realize, oh, everybody does this that wants to go into this. It's very common. It's it's a lot more common than you think. But yes, I, w- I would do it a lot as a kid. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, it was an industry that I had a big interest in and just kind of, you know... Um, you know, wasn't, wasn't exactly pursuing it fully when I, when I um, went off to college, but eventually kind of got back into it. And here I am today. So, uh, you know, yes, but to answer your question, yes, I absolutely did. And it is, it is kind of cool to have that pathway to do something like that. You know, it's, it's one of those businesses where the sky's the limit and it's just a matter of, you know, it's, it truly is a matter of just getting the right person to hear you at the right time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're able, if the right, if you connect with the right person and they hear you at the right time, then, you yeah. know, you never know what you, where you can jump to. And did I hear you say you write eight articles a day for the downforce, the daily downforce? Give, give or take. It's usually around there. Um, how do you, how I, you, do, know, you do that? I mean, how, what are the, what's the word count on that? <laughs> well, usually like the thing about those articles is that they're, they're not like traditional, they're, they're not like investigative journalism or anything right. like that, where it's like 10,000 words and going in depth they're 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 meant to be kind of like you know kind of short and sweet kind of like you know like really like like big name type topics where you can just you know you know they're meant to be you know a bit they're meant to be they're they're not meant to be super hard reads they're meant to be a little bit shorter and and things like that um so you know that that's kind of the point and plus on top of that i've always just been someone that works fast like in general yeah. like with anything in life i've always tended to work a little bit faster even if I try to work slower, like my brain just moves too fast and I can't work slow. I really can't. But, um, okay. you know, that's part of it. But uh, on top of that, it's just that's kind of the the business model of it. It's, it isn't like traditional, like investigative type journalism where you're where you're doing like a full interview. Then you're writing this whole article like, no, it's meant to just more soapy stuff. And what we like to really do is is highlight the fan reaction. You know, we're not yeah. supposed to tell you how to feel. We're just supposed to pose questions like the other day you know we 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 would like pose questions like you know about like uh you know team you know you know where could drivers go let's pose this question what do the fans think and it's it's really fun to see and to write pieces on how the fans react and what they think and give their their thoughts on those things and that's that's kind of the point of it is is it's not meant to be you know we're not an op-ed we're not supposed to we're we're not a sports talk host to telling you this is the fact this is what we're supposed to say we're we're trying to point out you know here are the different ways this could go you know let let's pose the question to you and see what you kind of think about yeah so who are a couple broadcasters, be it NASCAR or baseball, that you don't emulate, but you, you listen to their delivery and you get pointers from? You know, there are there are a couple of guys that I really like to listen to. The first guy, and this was the guy that I, I really got me into the medium growing up, was uh, Pat Hughes, who was the radio broadcaster for the Cubs, still is. He actually yep, uh, yep. just... Just inducted into the Hall of Fame, which well deserved, well deserved, yep. incredible broadcaster. Um, but I, I love his delivery. I, I love how like he just describes the action on the radio, paints the picture in your head. That's navy blue pants, that. white socks. <laughs> he always does the the description before the game. He does. Funny. Yeah, and he 
and he just has that unique voice that's just you know it's it's just unique it sounds great um you know i remember when i first started broadcasting i probably sounded a little bit too much like him eventually i learned kind of how to develop my own style but another guy i really like to listen to is uh ian eagle he does the nfl on cbs oh, yeah. he also does oh, like March madness um and yep. the reason why is because i feel like i relate to his style a little bit better like I'm not Gus Johnson. I'm not screaming my head off every play. <laughs> Nothing against Gus Johnson. Yeah. What he does works for him. It just doesn't work for me. Whereas Ian Eagle, on the other hand, he's a little bit more laid back, but he also just brings a lot of energy. And um, that's what a lot of people have said about me as they say I bring really good energy, which I always find a bit odd because like, I'm not the most uh, loud and rambunctious person in the world. But like, you know, I, I just I feel like that the type of energy people are talking about, again, I'm kind of reading into what they're saying a bit. I feel like it's similar to the type of thing I hear from him. So like I like to kind of go about the business the way that he does. And that's why I try to I don't know if I'd say emulate him, but he's a broadcaster I feel I like can relate to because I just feel like we're stylistically very, very similar um, in a lot of regards. So um, I guess Pat, Pat Hughes is the guy I tried to emulate. Ian Eagle's the guy I guess I relate to. I, I was going to say, Pat Hughes reminds me, if I was going the NASCAR route, of Mike Joy. That's exactly. That that's a perfect ca- comparison. Nice, calm, just really paints a picture for you if you're listening to him on the radio. So, good. I, Pat Hughes, good one. Yeah, my, and Mike Joy is also one of the, honestly, I hope that Mike Joy gets a podcast at some point because that guy has a wealth of NASCAR stories from all over the place. And he just, uh, I mean, that that dude's a walking encyclopedia, for goodness sake. Him, Jerry Punch, and Jack Aroot. The three of them, ooh, there's your, man. that's a good one right there. Oh, man, man, that would be, that would be awesome. That would be awesome to listen to those three every single day. Is Dr. Jerry Punch still alive, Tom? Yeah, he's still around. He's still around, okay. He's just not in a, he's not in the, uh, Kim, he's not in the media field anymore, though. Okay. Uh, I think he was he was let go by ESPN a few years ago, but um, yeah, he's still around. Yeah, Jamie Little took his place, and now she's at Fox. And Jamie's Jamie's good. Yeah, I like Jamie. She works, she's yeah, really good at yeah. her job. She's working her way up. You know, she really is, and it's great to. You well, know, she's been in. Yeah, she's been in motorsports for years. She has been. I remember she was with ESPN uh, mm-hmm. a Before while that, ago. She did. Yeah, she did a uh, motocross. Um, she did really. She, I mean, yeah, she did motocross back in the eighties uh, out in California. Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Man, oh man. What's Danica Patrick up to these days, Tim? Five five, ninety eight pounds, something like that. I don't know. I thought she I did the know. Indy five hundred last year. Not. I she think did. she did she a few worked, years ago. Yeah. NBC. She works for NBC. Okay. Oh yeah, she does. Her and Dale Earnhardt do the and Mike. Well, not Mike. Well, Bond. Um, Mike Tarico. Mike Tirico do the uh, indie. Yes. Mike Tirico, that guy's everywhere. Football, you know, yep. tennis, golf. Danica Patrick kind of makes appearances, and you just kind of remind, oh, yeah, she she's there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, she raced. Yeah, that's, that's right. Kind of yeah, amazing. she used to race. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I do remember that. That was, uh, man, she was a sensation back in the day, back yeah. when she was racing. I remember those days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are some pretty decent open-wheel Racers right now in the sprint and midget, uh, USAC division, female racers. There's a handful and a couple. Uh, Kaylee Bryson is going to be somebody you probably hear something about mm-hmm. here in the next couple of years. I think she's only 17 years old. She's, wow. she's good. 
Yeah, that's yeah, pretty there's cool. Some, there's some talent out there. That's pretty cool. I mean, that honestly, that's one of the coolest things about motorsports is, is is being able to see, you know, females finding a way to rise their way through the ranks. It's really cool to see. So, yeah. you know, we love that sort of stuff, you know. Yeah, um, I'm not I'm not as familiar with the IndyCar, I guess, ladder as I am about NASCAR. But yeah, I mean, man, I mean, if you're if you're tearing it up in USAC, I mean, there's there, there's something for you somewhere up the line. I'm certain of it. Yeah, yeah, because you're racing against Kyle Larson every weekend. It's or every you know every Wednesday, Thursday, you're racing against Kyle Larson somewhere. My goodness, Kyle Larson, man, that dude. Like, like I wonder how many miles he puts on his plane all the every year because of how much the dude races. Like, how much uh, Tony how much- Stewart. Tony Stewart has said that he is the best race car driver he's ever seen. Really? Wow. Just could jump in a car and drive drive the wheels off anything. He's, and Tony, to say hear that from Tony, he's, who probably in his day was the best race car driver out there. I got to hold my tongue on Tony Stewart. <laughs> I'm not say anything. Watch it. That, that, uh, he was always my favorite driver. My, my, my dad was a Tony Stewart fan, too, so be a little care. <laughs> Good thing my dad's not here. But um. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say Kyle Larson's definitely the most versatile. Say he's the yeah. best driver uh, in the world is 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 you know I mean there are a lot there's a lot of competition for that, but I think he's definitely the most versatile. I don't know if you can say anybody else is more versatile than he is. He's kind of like a modern day Tony Stewart. Absolutely. Speaking of versatile, speaking of versatile, your future father-in-law. Yes. <laughs> yes. Talk about I, versatile. I, well, I is he intimidating? I mean, he seems like such a lo- a lovable guy. Is he that way on when he's not around us? You know, it's Jeez, funny because Tim. you know, you know, we we knew each other a little bit before I started dating his daughter, so I wasn't that intimidated by him, quite frankly. I mean, I respected him obviously, but I wasn't like intimidated by him. I mean, my goodness, I mean, the dude is just like, you know, he's he just I mean, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Tim, like he, he wears just, overalls. How could you be intimidated yeah. by a guy? He's, he's, <laughs> he's one of the most lovable guys really you'll ever is. meet in our industry. Like he's, he's just lovable, and he's just like he go with the Big flow type bear. guy. Like he, he has the ability to just like, you know, take people and convince them to do things that like they would never otherwise do. Like, I mean, there are things that, that I would probably do with him that I probably would never otherwise do. There are things that like people like my dad does with him that people wouldn't, that he would never otherwise do. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just, he's very adventurous, you know, and he just, you know, he's just such a unique personality. I mean, you know, he's a guy that's an influencer, but he's also a plumber and he also raps. I mean, I don't know if anybody ever thought those three things would be put together in a human being, but uh, that's just exactly how he is. And he's authentic. He's authentically himself. Oh, yeah. Like that's exactly like, like the guy that he is on, on, on that Instagram. Like that's not a facade. Like that's who he is. Like he, yeah. he loves what he does and he yep. just has such a passion for that. I, I, I actually always joke with him. You know, I said, you know, Dan, and I know, I know he's waiting for this. I'm like, you know, Danny, once the day comes that I actually like get my own house with your daughter when we're married and, and stuff like that, it's like, just wait for the day to come and you can buy me any tool that you want. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. wait, for the, <laughs> wait for the day to come. It will come one day. I'm excited yeah. for it though. That, that'll that be your wedding gifts. Like Milwaukee, you know, he's and- already gifted me a Milwaukee <laughs> tool to this point yeah. he, he gifted yeah, me in a, yeah uh, he gifted me an air compressor already that i use to help pump up tires on my car when i need it so he's um, uh he's been on this podcast three or four or five times and uh, mm-hmm. i don't you know I'm, i can't say i'm a close friend or you know known him for years but i do feel like he's become a friend of ours and he's he's a yes. good dude he really is he is so. 
he is a really good dude. He is a really great guy. You know, I say this genuinely, like, you know, and I've told people like this, like when I, you know, I mean, there are so many people that like, you know, when they like their future in-laws or their in-laws that they have rough relationships with, I have great relationships with them. And Danny's a really big part of that. You know, yeah. we're, we're able to, we're able to bond over some unique, unique things. And, you know, he and my dad are able to bond over some unique things too. And, cool. you know, he's just, you know, a really, really great guy just to, to be around. And, you know, he's, he's welcomed me with open arms and, and uh, you know, he, he, you know, su- heavily supports everything that I'm trying to do as well, which is a uh, really great to see. Oh, cool. Well, I was just going to ask him before we take off. Phoenix Raceway is less than about 20 minutes from where I sit right now. Oh, wow. Who who takes home the trophy in November? Okay, well, for me, it's down to two guys. It's down to either William Byron or Martin Truex Jr., um, okay. William Byron won at won at Phoenix uh, earlier this mm-hmm. year. Martin Truex Jr. wanted a track very similar to Phoenix this last weekend in New Hampshire. Um, toss it, it honestly, it truly is a toss up between the two. I'll probably I'd probably have to flip a coin to to say it. Um, I'm going to give a slight edge to William Byron just because I think he's okay. been slightly more consistent this season. But I think those are the those are your top two. You know, and if and if Truex wins, does he retire? Honestly, the more the more and more time goes on, the more and more I think it's possible. You know, yeah. I mean, he, he said after New Hampshire, like he wasn't, you know, what he said wasn't exactly I'm definitely coming back next year. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't have like inside knowledge or any on any of that. But based on what he said, it looks more and more likely every day that that very well could happen. So I'm a big Truex fan. I think there was a report that he was arrested peeing in a garage, you know, somewhere. And uh, ever since then, I just really, I admire the guy for that. <laughs> a long time ago. That's yeah. an interesting, the, the, the last guy I would expect to do that, because Martin Truex Jr. is one of the most unassuming yeah. guys you'll ever see. Even yeah, as a race got, winner. Isn't he, he's got a little country in him, doesn't he? He does a little bit. <laughs> but he's also NASCAR's He's from most- New Jersey. Oh, is he? Yes. Okay. Well, he's sponsored know. by he's sponsored by Bass Pro Shop, so he does have yeah. a little bit of yeah. that in him to okay. some extent. He's also NASCAR's most boring winner, so every Uh-oh. race he wins is bo- every race he wins is well, boring. It's because he's ten he's ten laps faster than everybody else. He when he wins, he <laughs> yeah. wins bad. Yeah. Yep. Well, he just won last week, didn't he, Tim? Yeah, he did. He led two hundred and fifty four yeah. laps or something, and led three hundred three hundred and one. I mean, it was just like he. It's just see ya. Goodbye. My favorite driver is the dinger, though. I I love the dinger. Oh, absolutely. Hey, that's a good pick. <laughs> What's he on the just, he's he's a you know German guy, I assume. So we gotta let we gotta follow our Germans, right, Tim? Well, he's like five foot two and probably eighty five pounds soaking wet. Well, most of those he's guys a, are jockey a, size, right? Yeah, they are. <laughs> but him and Justin Haley are wee 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 wee. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for jumping on. This is cool, man. We'll we'll. Uh, Awesome. Have you back on and talk more NASCAR stuff if you don't if you don't mind and uh, baseball awesome. stuff or some late some late county corn dogs and if you happen to have like any extra tickets for a NASCAR race just lying around or they're you know say hey Tim and I are always uh, we're always up for an adventure hey I'll let you know without a doubt I'll let you know <laughs> we could swap some tools for some tickets. <laughs> Anyway, thanks, buddy. It was really good to know you, get to know you. Thanks. I was super happy to be here. Thank you.